Hello, and thank you so much for joining me today on the Travel and Transformation Show with me, your host, Sophia. And my guest today is Latha J, Spiritual Manifestation Coach. So I just want to thank you so much for being here with us because I just can't wait to hear what you're going to tell us about manifesting and maybe how to do it, how to do it better if you're not already good at it. <laughs> so why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about your story, like your conventional background and just how you got to where you are today. Yeah. Hey, Sophia, thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to be on this podcast and share a little bit about myself, my history, and then all of the tips and tricks that I've stumbled upon along the way, I'll say in the space of manifesting. But I actually traditionally started out to, believe it or not, become a doctor. I did my undergrad in biology and psychology, pre-medicine. I went to medical school itself, did about seven and a half years in total of the eight years and decided it wasn't for me. And I ended up leaving medical school, a whole lot of debt and a hope and a prayer, more so knowing what I didn't want in life rather than knowing what I actually wanted in life, which was scary, to be honest. And from there, I actually became a woofer, which is a part of an organization called the World Organic Organization of Farmers. And okay. I on a farm in Arizona for free for room and board, essentially. I met a whole host of characters and made lots of friends and kind of figured out once again what I did and didn't want in my life. And then started to move slightly more towards things that I did like, things that brought me joy, things that brought me bliss. And slowly and surely, one thing after another, after just kind of throwing spaghetti against the wall, trying to figure out what it was that I wanted, what made me happy in life. I found my way into becoming a coach. And now I've been doing this for over 13 years and it's been a huge blessing in my life. It's brought me so much satisfaction. It's brought me the ability to help and inspire others and to empower them to see just how strong they are and how they can create an incredible life for themselves. It's been an, a true honor and a gift. Okay, so one thing you didn't mention that I happen to know is that you also study Ayurveda. Yes, I have a master's degree in Ayurvedic science and integrative medicine. I've skipped out a lot of things, I guess, over the past 13 years of that path, not wanting to get into minutia, but I'll say that I've also worked in tech. I have owned fashion companies. I have created a multitude of different companies. I've been a farmer on my own. We actually ended up buying a farm a few years ago and trying that out. We've done so many different things. When I say we, me and my husband and me on my own as well, just to kind of see what brings us joy. We've lived the RV life. Now I have three children along the way. We've done so much. And it's just this whole idea of really, truly embracing life and seeing what works and what doesn't work. I think that I've, I've really made it a skill <laughs> to not get caught up on the things that don't work in my life, but rather to learn from them and see, well, this aspect of this I loved. And I hated everything else. And I love this aspect. How can I create more of that in my life? Let me move towards that. And that becomes kind of my true north of just following my bliss. Well, that to me is a beautiful thing because it sounds like you're really creating life your way, which not only is my company name, but the motto and just doing things that you love because there's so many people who would have stopped because society says, be a doctor. Culture says be a doctor. Parents say be a doctor. And so you go that route. So one of the questions I do have is you realize that you didn't like it, but 
how did you approach all those entities and be like, yeah, I know I did seven years, but I don't want to do that. Yeah, it was a, it was kind of a, this is the end of the road kind of moment to be completely honest, because I had known the moment I had entered medical school, it was not for me. I knew it wasn't a good fit, but for whatever reason, I just kept saying, oh, push through it. You know, this is just the beginning. Things will change for you. It's not that it's, you know, so out of alignment for you. I kept trying to convince myself as to what it was that it was going to work out. This was my true path, but I knew in my depth of my soul, I knew that it was not for me. And it was until I had the bravery to actually truly admit that to myself that nothing was going to change. I'll tell you that throughout my medical career as a student, I had a lot of resistance towards everything. And I loved the material. I loved to learn. I loved working with people. But it was like every morning I would wake up tired. And it was this weird thing of like, oh, yeah, you're in medical school. You're studying all the time. And yes, that was an aspect of it. But even if for the past week I had, you know, slept 10 hours a night, I would still wake up just feeling drained. And what I realized was it was this constant idea of me pushing against something that I wasn't meant to be, you know, and meant to do. So I was trying to forge a path when the path wasn't there for me to actually be a part of. And at no point would this path then bring me true joy or bring me like my true dharmas. So it's called dharma, right? Or you might know it as dharma. It's like your life purpose in your mm-hmm. life. And when you're on your dharma, when you're on your true life path, it's like things flow for you. And it might be difficult. You might have to study all night in medical school or whatever the case is, but it feels there's a sense of joy. There's a sense of satisfaction. There's a sense of fulfillment. And I wasn't experiencing that no matter what, you know, in any aspect. And I realized it came to a point where I was like, is this life? Is life supposed to be like this? You know, and that question, there's got to be more to life than this, because everything on the outside looks good. But on the inside, it's like, I'm just not fulfilled. I mean, am I dead on with that one? (laughs) Yes. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. And, you know, people always say like, oh, life is so short, you should be fulfilled. To me, I feel like sometimes life can be very long. Are you going to be unfulfilled for this long, you know, length of time? You should be in joy. You should be able to enjoy. You deserve it. I'm a big believer that joy is your birthright. Bliss is your birthright. It's not that it's something that needs to be achieved, but it's something that needs to be open and followed. I completely agree because as we come in, I think we do come in with a certain amount of agreements that we made that we don't even know that we made for lessons that we need to learn this time around, right? But I also believe that good is within all of us and we all deserve it. And we aren't born like, oh, I'm not worthy of this or I don't deserve that. But somewhere along the way, we start to learn these things that we don't deserve or we're not worthy or we're not lovable. And all those things just start to create this mask and this exterior that, you know, we're going through life doing what we think we're supposed to do. And I just really applaud you if you're saying, you know what, I'm not supposed to do this. Let me figure it out. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. I think that there's a sense of deep bravery that, that that takes, you know, rather than just say like, I'm so close. Let me just finish it. You know, let me just complete this, have a completion in the space. But I had a sense and I knew that, okay, if I get this degree, if I complete this, it's not going to stop here, right? The next thing is going to say, we'll just get a job, you know, pay off your student loan debt. You're going to get a good job and then you can do this and then, you know, try this and then you'll do this. And I just saw a cycle, a vortex of, 
not being fulfilled for a very, very long time. And I just kept thinking to myself, no, I'm not doing this anymore. No. I think that, again, it is great. It takes so much courage to make that leap because there's a thing that jump in the wings will show up or something along those lines. I'm paraphrasing, I'm butchering it, but something along the lines of just take that leap of faith and, you know, you'll land and your landing will be fine. Mm -hmm. So now that you are a manifestation coach, I'm sure that you've manifested a lot of things (laughs) over your life. And I'm just wondering if people are trying to heal because there's a lot of healing that a lot of us need to do, whether it's health that needs healing, it's our spirit that needs healing, or, you know, it's our emotions that need healing. A lot of us have trauma that just really needs to heal. And then on the other side of that are things that we want, you know, whether it's a material thing or a relationship that we want to manifest, or let me not just throw out a relationship. Anybody can manifest a relationship, but manifest the healthy relationship that's right for you. Because I think a lot of it, manifestation, what I think, a lot of it is the words you use and the feelings you feel. So I want to make sure that I'm using the appropriate words. (laughs) So do you have any secrets or tips that can help someone to manifest faster or get on their journey, their path faster? Yeah, absolutely. I think that what you're saying is so poignant and it makes a lot of sense in the space of manifesting as well, because there's a lot that happens to someone in life, right? And as we move through life, we develop shadows, we develop trauma, we're impacted by different events. We create these ideas about ourselves, our limiting beliefs. And once we get a hold and understanding of our limiting beliefs, we're able to manifest with a lot less baggage. It's almost as if we're releasing that ball and chain that's been holding us back in the space of manifesting. I am a true believer that in the space of manifesting, everything is available to you. It's a matter of if you're allowing yourself to actually obtain it and to achieve it, or if you're not. And it's that space of that limiting beliefs that really sometimes can cause those huge blockages that blocks people from truly stepping into what it is that they want to achieve or having what it is. Because in their limiting belief or that shadow that they're dealing with, is saying, you're not good enough for that. You can't do that. You can't be with that person. You'll never live that life, right? And then it's like, which one are you giving weight to? Which, where is your focus going? And where is that energy going, right? Is it towards that space of our limiting belief of I'm not good enough, I'm not gonna go for this? Or if it's to that space of, I can achieve what it is that I want, I can go for it, I can create my life. Okay, so I'm coming to you, right? I'm gonna be your client right now. And I tell you that, I keep waking up knowing that there is something in my journey and I'm on the path, but there's probably something blocking me. I just can't see it. What would you take me through to even see my blind spot or see that limiting belief? Because once the programming's in there, it's like my, okay, just as a perfect example, my computer today, it decided to do a backup. And if our brain and our subconscious is like a computer, Some days it's going to do a backup and other days you're going to be downloading new programs. So the limiting belief is in there and we keep backing it up because we're living and we're getting evidence of that limiting belief. And it's so ingrained in us that we don't even see it as a limiting belief. How would you help me through that? Yeah. 
So it's a little more complicated than just, you know, like an off the cuff kind of conversation. But when I work with people, it's really something that we do really deep work, right? And I've done this for so long. We do it in a way that doesn't seem deep, (laughs) you know, and it's not digging or forcing or hurtful or anything like that. It's a very gentle approach, but it allows you to truly see where those limiting beliefs exist, where those traumas are coming from. And I don't even like the word trauma, honestly. I'll just say impactful events. Where those impactful events from your past may be influencing your presence, your future, what you're going to go for, these things, right? And they can happen in the smallest and tiniest of ways. I can share some of, you know, shadows from my past. I'm always happy to share them. But, you know, as a kid, as probably like a 10-year-old, I joined the choir at school. And I was so excited to become a singer and to be part of this, you know, choir and be able to use my voice and things like that. And one day during choir practice, we're sitting, you know, we're all standing on our bleachers in the auditorium. And my music teacher calls me and she goes, let that come here. And I'm like, oh my God, this is it. I got my solo. I'm so hyped. Like, I'm so excited. I like, I basically floated down those bleachers, right? Get to the bottom and she goes, you have a terrible voice. You should not sing. Speak. Go and sit down. She's She's so ready to go sit down in the in the auditorium. And oh my gosh, my little 10-year-old self could have crumbled up into a little piece of foil and just, you know, spontaneously combusted in that moment. I was just so embarrassed. And in that moment, I had made that decision. She's right. I have a terrible voice. I shouldn't speak. You know, I don't have that in value here. I should just be quiet. And for years after that, that's the way I conducted my life. As someone that brought no value, shouldn't speak up, should be quiet, right? And if you know me now, if you follow me on any of my social media or anything like that, my voice is my literal gift right? Using my voice has brought me everything that I ever could have wanted. I make videos on TikTok, on Instagram. I work with my clients. I've written books. Literally using my voice has been everything for me. Now, if I had continued to be in the shadow and to think that my voice didn't matter, I shouldn't speak up, I shouldn't sing, right? I shouldn't even be in the space of expression. Not only would it have been a disservice to myself, it would have been a disservice to the world, to the thousands of clients that I've been able to touch, to the millions of people that have seen my videos, right? And it's like in our space of shadows, we get caught up so much into believing something that's false. And this isn't to say to put blame on this teacher or this situation or whatever the case is, because they could have been the same exact situation. My teacher could have said the same thing. And I could have been like, you know, flipped to the bird and walked away. You know, I'm like, what is she talking about? This little lady doesn't know nothing. And that would have been a scenario, right? So it's not about the person involved. It's not about the variables. It's not that I have to go back and find her and get an apology from her or anything like that. But it's my own understanding of what the truth is. Because at one point, I believed that my voice didn't matter. And I believed that to be truth. Now, if I shift that mental paradigm and I understand now how valuable my voice is and the gift that I have truly have, then that shifts for me. The life that I start to create is different because my belief is different. I'm no longer functioning from the place of, I don't want to be seen. I want to be quiet. My voice isn't valuable. I function from the place of, I have something to say. I can be impactful. You know, my words change the world. And that's where I function from now. So doing shadow work is huge in the space of manifesting. It's huge in the way that you create your life. It's huge in how you show up in the world. And how you show up in the world is going to determine the world that you show up into. That makes so much sense. And I think, too, it's a girl thing. And it could also be a cultural thing that we take to heart what authority figures say. Because if they said it and they're an adult, then it must be true then I must believe it. And then you spend so much of your life trying to unbelieve these things that you believed from people who you thought knew better. So I just think that the fact that you're able to do the work and just come out on the other end 
unbelieving all this stuff, actually noticing where it came from and allowing it to come up. You know, there's a saying that knowing it's half the battle. It really isn't. Now you just know. It's what you do with the knowing that you have, right? And the fact that you took that and doing so many different things with your words is amazing because I know for me, on my report cards, I constantly used to get, she talks a lot in class. And I did. But there were a lot of times I have to say that I did talk and I never got caught. The person I was talking to did. But I was very social and sometimes I was very bored and I'd have side conversations. And that was my thing. And then here I am on a podcast talking to people. So you never know. I think sometimes we have to look at the things that people told us we shouldn't do and then recognize that maybe that's exactly the thing that we need to be doing because that was always our gift. They just didn't see it. And we weren't aware of it because it was so natural. Yeah, I think that sometimes also just in the way that society works, right? When we have a child that's failing algebra, but, you know, like learning about horses or anatomy or something like that, we tend to push that child to get a tutor for arithmetic and mathematics, right? So that they can do better in that space rather than fostering their love for anatomy and horses and things like that. It's this whole different dynamic. It's like, why don't we encourage children to go into the space that they are naturally gifted in, that they're naturally exuberant? And if you love to chat, maybe there's a space for, you know, for you to create that and to foster that love of discussion rather than kind of like squashing, oh, well, you're, you do fine in this. So I'm just going to like not pay attention to it. But you're having struggles here. So let's try to help you more here in this space. But it's like, what would the world be like if people were just able to fully pursue what it is that they're good at that comes naturally to them? So that can be fostered and grown and strengthened within them. I think that actually would foster more self-love to begin with, because you're noticing and being noticed for the things that you're actually good at. So it's not even like getting praised for achievement, but oh, you're good at this or looking at somebody's character. And saying, wow, you are such a kind person. You're so thoughtful. And those types of things, if you got that kind of feedback all the time growing up, I think the self-love part would be so much easier. And then there may not be so many limiting beliefs because you'd have so much more confidence in who you are as a human rather than what you do. Because even now, it was funny, I was listening to a lady last night and she was talking about dating and she was saying, you know, a lot of the first things people ask is, well, what do you do? And they're not looking to find out who you are. You know, and she was talking about a whole vetting process for people. And it's not about the dollar amount. It's about the person and how you are around that person. So different discussion, different day, but it just all ties into the same thing. Because we're so accustomed to being doers. It's almost like you get to be an adult and you have to relearn how to be. When as a child, that's all you did. You just were. You were being. You were a human being all that time. (laughs) And not always having that beingness fostered. Whereas, you know, you turn into a human doing And then you get the burnout and the dissatisfaction and all the other things because you're doing what you think you're supposed to do rather than the thing that you were meant to do. Yeah. And what brings you joy, it moves you further from the space of you 
following your dharma, following that space of joy, and it pulls you out of alignment. And it's that space of out of alignment that then it's like all the other things come in, right? That feeling of unfulfillment, that feeling of depression, that feeling of why is life like this, right? All of those things are in that space when you're off course, when you're out of alignment with who you were meant to be truly. Right. And I think there are some things that can bridge the gap because I know for me, meditation is a good bridge because in those moments, even if my mind is going crazy, there's still moments of quiet when you're just listening. And that's when, you know, that's when spirit speaks. It's in between those thoughts, in between those moments, in the gaps. And then as you start getting those downloads and feeling that feeling, getting closer to the divine, then you start finding more fulfillment. And I think at those times, sometimes you start to even the blind things that were in your blind spot start to come in to visibility. So then you recognize that they're there and you can start doing something about it. Yeah. Meditation has been a beautiful gift, I want to say, that's come into my life and just being able to experience it and being able to have it as a tool in my toolbox, right, has been exceptional because it's like we don't meditate to get good at meditation. We meditate to get good at life. And that's the piece that's like truly impactful here, because as there's the chaos that's happening in life, when you are a meditator, when you have meditated, when you have this muscle that you've built of meditation, you're able to center yourself regardless of what else is going on, you know, around you, regardless of what other kind of chaos is trying to pull you and drag you into some kind of drama, some tangential story or whatever the case is. You have this practice, you have this muscle, but then you can return back to center back to yourself and make decisions from a responsive manner rather than in a reactive manner. When we're caught in the chaos, everything's a reaction, right? We're in that yeah. space of fighting. We're in that triage zone. We're in that wounded animal space. But that's not the space that we want to function. Higher intelligence is functioning from the space of being responsible. And it's when, from that space of centered responsibility that we can then are truly in control of our life. We're truly in the space of creation. Meditation is a huge, huge aspect of that. Well, that works for me because there's so many tools out there. I know I got a ton of tools in my tool belt. You've got a ton of tools in your tool belt. So one of the things I also know that works for me well is journaling. And sometimes that also helps me bring to the forefront things that might have been hiding in the back because all of a sudden I'll see something, I'll hear something and I get, oh, there's a thought, there's a solution. <laughs> you know, there's a something. And then I write it down. And then also I've noticed that because my mind does tend to go into overdrive. So I'll have the moment when my dad used to call it resting his eyes, right? <laughs> In front of the TV. He's never sleeping. He's resting his eyes. But then you go to bed and it's like, how was I just resting my eyes a moment ago? And now I'm in bed and my mind is racing and I can't go to sleep. So at those points, I'll journal. And it's almost like I'm literally pouring out what's in my head onto the paper. And I can't tell you how many times I've ended up because I've emptied my head, so to speak, onto the paper that I've ended up manifesting different things. Mm -hmm. Because as my mind was empty and again, solutions would come or then I was clear enough to say, okay, this is what I want. You know, I'm not going to focus on what I don't want or all the things that didn't go right because I just dumped that onto the paper. So it doesn't have to be in my head anymore. 
and actually speak the thing that I want mm-hmm. and then let it go. Now, honestly, some things are easier to let go of the outcome than others, but you speak it, put it out, and then amazingly how it is able to come back to you. So in this example that you're giving, you're actually doing more than I think you understand that you're doing, which is really cool. And I really love it. But this period of time between rest and wakefulness, right? So like right before you're going to bed or you have a lot on your mind, you're trying to get it out on paper and then you're going to bed. It's actually called a hypnagogic state in the state between rest and wakefulness. So as you're doing this, this is a powerful time for your subconscious to be so impressionable and you're hacking, manifesting to an extent, right? And you're focused on what it is that you want during this period of time. It actually like cycles through your subconscious and it leaves a deeper impression than at any other time. So there's two times of hypnagogic states, right? It's a time right before you go to bed. You're in that kind of groggy state. You're doing whatever you're doing. It's being impressioned into your subconscious throughout the night. And then in the morning, right between that state of rest and wakefulness again, you're again have this opportunity of your mind being so impressionable. And that's why during these periods of time that you're focusing on your on what it is that you're manifesting and what it is that you're creating on areas of gratitude in your life is very, very powerful. It is the hack, right? This is a great, great little segue into hacks of manifesting because that's a huge hack. The whole idea of manifesting is shifting your mental paradigm. And you're able to do that in a such a powerful way during these two periods of time during the day in particular. So, okay, guys, did you hear that? As Oprah would say, there's an aha moment. You might want to write that down, okay? Manifesting hack. I actually end up doing a lot during those two times because in the morning as you're getting up, it's a great time to tell yourself what kind of day you're going to and think about the things that you're grateful for. And that it works out pretty well. I mean, most days that when I, you know, I'm just there, I'm just like, right, not really ready to get up yet, but I understand that I'm awake. <laughs> then, yeah, it's like, well, you know, today is going to be an amazing day. Here's what's going to happen. It's, you know, speak it out and, more often than not, that's the day I have. So if people want to follow you on TikTok or any other social, how can they find you? Yeah, you can find me on TikTok. My username is Lata underscore J-A-Y. It's L-A-T-H-A underscore J-A-Y. On Instagram, it's Lata underscore J-A-Y underscore. There's another underscore there. You can also find me on my website, which is LataJ.com. That's www.lathajay.com. I am also on YouTube and Facebook and you can find me through all of those resources as well. Please make sure that you are following the page that has the blue check mark. I try to blue check mark all of my stuff just so you know that that's authentically who I am. Unfortunately, there are other pages that have copied my content and my images and stuff like that, but I will never message you for a reading or anything like that, you're always welcome to reach out to me to, you know, join a course or to work with me one-on-one or to join a different program that I'm offering. But I don't reach out to people saying, hey, you know, the scammers are usually sending people messages saying, I feel a great vibration from you and I'd like to do a reading for you or whatever the case is. I don't do that. You're always welcome to reach out to me to join my courses and programs and different group coachings and one-on-one coachings and things like that that I offer. But I'm not going to be the one that's going to be sliding into your DMs to try to sell you something. That is unfortunate that people do that because it can really take somebody's reputation. And what people don't understand is when they do that, when they're scamming, when they're putting out that energy, they're manifesting. So they might feel like they're winning 
in the short run, but in the long run, they're not winning at all because they're going to get that back. <laughs> That's what people don't understand. You can manifest negatively just as much as you can manifest positively. You know, and I think that's something that people don't understand because when you're doing these things like stealing your content and then pretending to be you and, you know, trying to get money from somebody, that's also karma. Okay, I'm just going to put it out me. Okay, I don't think anything good ever is going to come of that. In the short term, you may think that you're doing the most, but I think over time, you're just going to get busted. I think that I've shifted from the understanding or the idea that there's good and bad in the world or that duality exists. Rather, I like to think of things in the space of workable or not workable, right? For me, being in integrity is workable. For me, being out of integrity is not workable. My life doesn't work if I'm out of integrity. And I always want people to kind of look at life in that manner because it takes the emotion out of it, right? Of right, wrong, good and bad or all of these different kind of things that have so many emotions and judgment, that's true. It's around them, right? And tied into it because then it gets harder to make a choice or sometimes it's like something else. But it's like, if I know where my priorities are and I know this is workable with what I want to create in the world, awesome, that's the direction I'm going to go in. If I know that these are not part of my priorities, very clearly, this is not workable for me. It takes the emotion out of the things. And this is actually how one of the things that I teach to my clients in the space of love. <laughs> Lots of people come to me, main two things people come to me for want to make more money, want to have love, right? Those are the main two things. So it's like in the space of finding love or creating like love in your life, you set your priorities as to what a relationship it is that you you want, right? How do you want to be treated in this relationship? What are the characteristics of this partner? And then when you meet somebody and they don't have any of those characteristics, it's not a judgment against them. It's not saying anything about what's wrong or right, what's good or bad. It's like, does this work with my priorities of what I want to create? Clearly, no. Great you know, God bless them and keep it moving kind of thing. It's like, it takes that whole emotional turmoil out of it. It doesn't, it's not about that. It's of what am I creating for myself? What is my true north? Does this work for me? If it does, keep moving in that direction. If it doesn't, not for me, right? Is that whole idea of workable, not workable? I like that. It's a different perspective because I've always known that everything works better when I'm in integrity with what's happening. But I like the idea of workable, and not workable. And even when it comes to money, because you said that the two things that people come to you for, love and money, making more of it. So I guess when you put your priorities out there, you know how you want to feel when you have it, you know what you want to do when you're going for it, then you can increase it exponentially. Yeah. And you really can know what works in your life to really step into that and finding it and what doesn't, right? Does it work for you to work 15 hours a day and be exhausted at the end of the day so it's hard for you to get up the next day? That's your own understanding of is it workable, is it not workable? Because that might be very workable for somebody and it might not be workable at all for another person. It really comes down to who you are and what you want to achieve and what you're going for it and creating in your life. I love that. So that is a beautiful way to end this segment. And I'm just so incredibly happy that you're able to join us today. And hopefully we can talk again. Thanks so much for having me. This is such a great conversation. I'm really grateful to be able to have this conversation with you and just get into some really cool topics about manifesting. Thanks so much. You're welcome. 